some of the things we need to keep in mind when managing tunnel is a making sure we have that wind if there's no wind we're effectively not really providing any cooling and really the big driver of that is our fans and with that comes making sure our fans are performing optimally that means belts are tight um, functioning correctly they're clean cones are on again with shutters too a lot of times dirt shutters can get dirty over winter and if they don't get cleaned off by the time summer rolls around and pays to keep those shutters clean and they can knock down um, airflow over 15 percent. so it's just an easy quick way to keep things moving it's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms here, you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Swine It Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative sponsors like Genesis, the first power in genetics. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Just All, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Adiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in a high-quality, safe, and sustainable way. Elanco's Prevacent, a new PERS Spective. Visit prevacentprrs.us to learn more. NutriQuest, experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Welcome to Swine Podcast. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsor highlight is about NutriQuest. NutriQuest delivers targeted breakthrough solutions to animal producers via nutritional and non-nutritional products, services, and technologies. At NutriQuest, we believe in ingenuity inspired by servitude and that our success comes from helping producers realize improved profitability through optimized technologies and efficient operation. Hello, everyone. Today, we have Dr. Brett Ramirez, and uh, he's going to chat with us about how to optimize tunnel ventilation in pig barns. So, thanks, Dr. Ramirez, for um, joining us today. Awesome. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah, appreciate your time. And uh, we always like to start with uh, you sharing your career so far and how you got involved in the pig industry. Yeah, so for me, um, it's a little, took a while to get there, but eventually made it and really happy to be here. Um, like most engineers, um, we always have a parent or somebody in our close relative that's an engineer. So it was really easy for me. My dad's in a civil engineer. So I was like, well, check, I'll be an engineer. Nice. Um, the next part was I knew I wanted to do something in food production. Didn't have a lot of experience, but I chose ag engineering as it kind of fit the best of both worlds. And from there, I just got involved in undergraduate research and that took me down the route to, to pigs. So I ended up do, working on beef cattle for my master's at the University of Illinois and then came over to Iowa State to do my PhD uh, with Dr. Steve Hoff. And we did all things pig here in Iowa. So wow. um, that's how I ended up here. Very cool. I love, I love that. Very nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. I think you're the first agricultural engineer that we have on the podcast. So that's, that's cool. I was going to ask you, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about why we raise pigs indoor, right? And a lot of people don't understand that. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question. And it's really fitting kind of for what 
for what I do, you know, as, as working on ventilation in the environment, um, kind of goes back to, you know, we, we, we raise pigs indoor to really protect them from the harsh climate and give them the most um, productive environment possible. Um, you know, there's other things with protecting them for predators, um, increased efficiency from a um, labor standpoint, but really it does come down to um, protecting from the climate and keeping that barn temperature nice and um, in their thermal neutral zone for a large part of the year. Very cool. Very nice. That, that makes total sense. And, um, you know, when you think about ventilation, it's, it's a hot topic, I, I think, you know, and uh, it's great to have you here today. So what are the biggest issues when managing tunnel ventilation specifically? Yeah, when we're talking specifically about tunnel ventilation for pigs, um, you know, the goal of tunnel is, uh, main reason is to maintain a elevated airspeed or wind speed across the pigs. Usually we're shooting for about 350 to 400 feet per minute. That goal is to, to really remove the heat from the pig, kind of giving them a cooling sen sensation. So with that in mind, some of the things we need to keep in mind when managing tunnel is, um, A, making sure we have that wind. If there's no wind, we're effectively not really providing any cooling. And really the big driver of that is our fans. Um, and with that comes making sure our fans are performing optimally. That means belts are tight, um, functioning correctly, they're clean, cones are on. Um, again, with shutters too, a lot of times dirty, shutters can get dirty over winter and if they don't get cleaned off by the time summer rolls around. And if you're in the upper Midwest today on June 2nd, it's in the mid to low 90s. So um, yeah. pays to keep those shutters clean and they can knock down um, airflow over 15%. So it's just an easy, quick way to keep things moving. Interesting. Um, another problem with tunnel is excessive pressure. So, and sometimes if the, the open areas aren't sufficient, um, you know, it can create a restriction and, and too high pressure can re lead to, to reduced airflow. Um, so we want to just avoid any, any excessive pressures, um, inside the barn. Very good. Any other issues uh, before we turn into the how to solve that those those problems? Um, there's a lot of other common questions about running pit fans um, during full tunnel. Uh, generally, not really recommended. Um, same with making sure inlets are fully closed during full tunnel. Um, they can inlets can slowly shut as we go through those first you know stage five, six, seven, or uh, six, seven, eight, depending on the system. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes those can be issues. Um, usually it's up to there's an SOP in place or some good um, experience that leads to making those decisions. Very good. So now thinking, on, okay, how can we fix some of those issues? What, what, what do you have in mind? A lot of issues come down to cleanliness and uh, performing routine maintenance. Um, you know, I always, when talking with producers, I always like to think about, you know, most of the time when people are walking through the barns, they're thinking about, you know, thousand different things, right? There's so many aspects that go into raising pigs and I always like to try to, you know, carve out a little bit of that focus on, on the ventilation system. So checking equipment using, you know, your eyes, ears, um, you know, smell, touch if you can, um, and really just making sure, you know, the ventilation system's going. So that's, checking actuators, you know, looking at fans, cleaning fans, um, you know, taking some, you don't, you know, you don't really know much until you have that measurement. So if you're able to measure airspeed in the house, check your temperatures, 
And those sort of things are all important to making sure that ventilation systems working because it is, you know, the mechanical system and just like anything mechanical, like your car, you know, even you could say your iPhone, for example, you know, it all does need some maintenance at some point. So making sure we're getting that stuff done always keeps ventilation in tip top shape. Very cool. Any general comments on the stages, you know, for folks that are not familiar, uh, how those work? So traditionally, um, for ventilation for animal houses, we use a stage-based system. Um, very common when we first started moving pigs indoors, the first integrated controllers used four stages. Um, essentially, each stage is a series of on-off fans. Um, we eventually then moved into the first stages being variable speed fans, but those stages are um, just basically the sequences as the temperature inside the room warms up, mm. we increase the number of stages to increase the ventilation rate through the facility to maintain, um, maintain a good environment. Very good, very good. And another question that just came to mind was, um, not as much related to, to, the, to the ventilation, see, but, but I guess it's super related, which is the temperature in the barn. And, Specifically, late finishing. Do you and I don't know if you have that right there or top of your mind. What do you recommend today for that late finishing temperature target? Because as we all know, like what happened the last forty years in pig production, these pigs are producing so much more heat than than a long time ago. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I you know I don't have any good evidence to suggest it, but I think we can get a little bit less conservative and, you know, less than 62, I think is okay. Um, you start to run into other issues with barn components. If let's say, if you do have late finishing in December in the Midwest, uh, you, you might not want to run your barn at, let's say 55, you're going to start to risk freezing pipes and other issues, but I don't think going cooler hurts. Right. Yeah. Specific on those heavy pigs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's super interesting to see. I mean, the, I think last time I saw some data on the response, feed efficiency response compared to temperature is, is like, a, it's like a U, right? So you want to, you want to find that sweet spot there. Otherwise you're going to be hurting feed efficiency if you're too hot or too cold from that standpoint. Yeah. And always my, what I find interesting on that is kind of the shape of the U, whether it's, it's a really tight or is it, you know, that range is what I think we still have a lot, a lot left to learn on, you know, to, I break it down. There's a thermal neutral zone, which is kind of our general aim for mm -hmm. ventilation. We like to just kind of keep it in there because we know we're not going <laughs> to get too much penalty on feed efficiency. Mm -hmm. But if you dive one more level into what we call the thermal comfort is where that's where that, that optimization point is. And that's mm -hmm. where I'm not sure if we found that yet because it's pretty, you know, it takes into account airspeed, humidity, temperature, surfaces, and all these other things that are oh, a little yeah. bit harder, harder to understand and relate right and i guess that leads into the next question brad which is um i always thought about it i mean specifically something that comes to mind is right after winning those you know newly newly win pigs i'm like okay what's that optimal temperature for those pigs for example or ventilation for that uh for that matter but then it comes around that, hey, it's kind of hard because if you're going to run a study like that, you need multiple rooms and, you know, and if you have one room with a given temperature or ventilation setting, that's one experimental unit and then you need multiple of those. So, and then if you have 
small rooms now it's not your actual environment and that you're going to be extrapolating that information so it's pretty big challenge so how do you guys go around that that big challenge right there oh that's a great question and and I've been mulling on it for the last two days since you sent it to me. <laughs> um, it, it, it's uh, it's just a challenge. It, it's really hard. Um, and I don't think we often don't do it for that reason is there's so many parameters that go into running those types of studies and getting small rooms and accounting for all the different factors that go into it. I think that's again, where it goes to those, you're looking for a really large gap in knowledge that hasn't been updated much in the last 30 years in pig production is the impact of all those factors on the pigs. Um, you know, thermal neutral zone or then getting into daily gain or feed efficiency. I tend to do things at the, the barn level, um, you know, looking more at system development rather than environmental treatments mm -hmm. um, just because it is pretty challenging um, to do that. Yeah. Well, one thing that, that comes to mind now that we're talking about is, is uh, something that I know some production systems have done for like even nutrition studies sometimes when you need a large number of animals or a more realistic environment is, and I don't know if you guys have done that, which is basically the bar, right? As an experimental unit, and then you can use the same flow of pigs, try to eliminate some variables and use some like random effects in the model or whatever it is covariates or whatever but but you can use the barn experimental unit and then you you'd have to set these different curves right uh for each treatment again it's super hard because like you said multiple variables but if you look at temperature or w one factor at a time at least that's one thing I don't, I don't know if you guys have tried that route or not i haven't yet um it's I'd really like to eventually have a small nursery here in central Iowa that I could start doing that yeah, on where yeah. I could use room as the experimental unit and that way more on smaller, yeah, more control. Um, and, and that would be the goal. The, the closest I've got is we ran a, a project up in Northern Iowa where, you know, we, we were doing different um, sprinkler um, run times and off times. Um, and that ended up using two sites. Each site was a four room site. So we were able to at least get a little bit more okay. um, reps in there. But that's, I mean, that's weighing, what is that? 9,600 pigs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty substantial work when at that yeah. scale. Um, right, right. Yeah. Were you guys weighing them individually on that one? Yeah. yeah. It, I think it wasn't all the pigs, but it was, um, I think we were doing Simple. about eight pens per room. So it's still, I mean, it's a substantial amount for, for an environment. Um, you know, assuming it's all constant throughout the room and, you know, there's quite a few other large assumptions that go into using barn as the unit. Even I think if most people know walking through a room that it's not very uniform <laughs> as much as we like to think it is. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Yep. Now uh, another one that comes to mind, uh, do you have an, I guess, again, hard to have solid data on this one, which is, you know, scientists like us got, got a little itchy. But the question is, um, tail biting and ventilation. Uh, do you have any, like, uh, any experience or, or, or thoughts on that? You know, like a lot of things with ventilation and tail biting goes into it or other vices or 
even health-related issues. Ventilation rarely is probably the cause of it, the direct mechanism, but it definitely can make it worse or better. Um, it's pro it's one of those factors that has to just be considered, and I and um, I think oftentimes it is. Same with just aggressive behaviors in general. It's it's in there somewhere. It's just you know it's one of those things I always just keep in mind and and don't rule it out too quick. I guess when troubleshooting. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. That makes sense. And and we actually recorded an episode a few weeks ago from some researchers in Italy, and uh, they did a super cool study where they had like twenty. Um, what do you call it? 20 variables and moved like uh, over a hundred farms, I believe in. And uh, I tried to recall where ventilation ranked. They were able to kind of rank mm -hmm. the factors, which is kind of cool, right? So from mm -hmm. a tail biting standpoint, how, how do you rank because on different factors, anything interesting. Else? I'll look for that. Yeah. Um, anything else, Brett, before we move to the three questions that we ask every guest, every episode. Oh no, I'm good. Cool. They're good ones. Awesome. It is time to our famous three. Celebrating its 25th anniversary, Gestal manufactures the original wireless standalone swine feeding system designed by pork producers for pork producers. They are simple, reliable, and provide peace of mind 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Gestal is not just manufactured by an equipment company, but by a family pork production business with a slat level understanding. Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, thepigsite.com. So what's your favorite pig-related book or resource? If I had to choose one, and I think, you know, it's... It stood the test of time, and it's a great resource. Um, swine Building Ven Ventilation by Yuan Huizong when he was at Prairie Swine Institute, or Prairie Swine Center, sorry. Um, it was published back in 94, and it's a great book that has all the, you know, basics of ventilation, troubleshooting management, and, you know, a lot seems like it has changed since then, 94. Um, you know, but a lot of it, still the principles are the exact same. Um, all that's different is probably technology but the fundamentals of ventilation really, really is pretty similar, but the, it's a great book. The physics are still the same. Yep. <laughs> Laws of physics can't change. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. I was not aware of that book. That's cool. Uh, and what's your favorite book or resource in general? So in general, um, if I have to pick one, there's a book on, the Environmental Control of Plants and Animals by uh, Louis Albright is published, I believe, in 1990 as well. And it's kind of the, if you go into the engineering ventilation side of things, this book is kind of, I'd say, it's equivalent to the Bible um, really? of kind of, of how all the engineering, the, the physics, the heat transfer, um, uh, air distribution, all those different principles for wow. an, plants and animal facilities. And it's, it's a great book. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's 30, it's Bible. 30 years old and still going, probably needs a good update, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. I bet there's like a thousand pages in just about it, that. And it's amazing. If you really like get into the nuts and bolts of, of, of it, it's, you know, as, as we were talking about the art and the science and, you know, there's, there's a lot of science there. It's just pretty, when we get to the building level, it's really hard to sometimes for models and other 
other engineering principles to to be used well just because of the complexity of of some of these systems is just immense and very cool any i guess any book uh outside of agriculture that you have read or that you like or yeah i haven't read too many books lately i'm trying to actually think of what the last book i read was <laughs> all could be resources as well if it's not a book I'm a big fan of podcasts. That's oh, nice. cool, cool. <laughs> like a good mix of news. Um, Star Talk uh, Radio with Neil deGrasse Tyson's a good one. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, it's a. I, love, I really like enjoy that podcast. Um, That's cool. I haven't listened to that one yet much. That's cool. It's a good guy. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I like that. No, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one as I answer Neil deGrasse Tyson. Very cool, very cool. So lastly, Brett, uh, what uh, do you think sets apart successful swine professionals from those who are not? So this is a great question, I think. Um, I think one of the things I came up with is being uh, intellectually curious. Um, it's probably because that's kind of what motivates me, but I think for a lot of people and you know, talking within the industry, you really see those people who are intellectually curious are, are definitely on a different different level um you know the, that just motivation the passion that goes into that curiosity i think is really what um sets some people apart um another one that i see in this is probably more from my ventilation aspect is uh you know the people that reject the answer of because we've always done it this way mm -hmm. um you know it's here's a lot of time well, why don't we do this well we did it that way for 30 years well yeah doesn't mean it's right there's and there's tons of good experience in there that is definitely worth every ounce but um being able to challenge that status quo and 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 some of that i think as always um it kind of gets you that next level of respect and um you know kind of again it feeds into that intellectually curious uh mindset of um, kind of pushing beyond the norm and, and innovation and driving the industry forward so that's kind of yeah. no that makes total sense and that matches a few of the guests we had that had the same you know, the curiosity and be able to ask the questions, right? Um, that's cool. Um, that, that's cool. And, and something that, that uh, comes to mind is um, when you said about, um, you know, it, it's always been done that way, is one good example today is the space shuttle program, right? Man, that was like 30 or 40 years old. And, and I mean, you had the accent, I think it was close to the end. And uh, that's pretty old technology. Like in 2009 or 10, they were still flying that, right? Super mm -hmm. old. And then you have now the, for those that are into this space right now, the Dragon capsule there. I mean, that's super high, like high tech. That's amazing. And sometimes we need to just open our minds and be, and be open to, to those things, right? For sure. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's, yeah, it's just when you kind of move on beyond that and, 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 and start thinking and it's amazing what you know what you can come up with and what's possible awesome dr ramirez uh, appreciate so much your time thanks for uh, clarifying these points about ventilation that's a topic that comes up every day in the barn so awesome thank you appreciate it hey everyone Please share our episodes with as many people as you can so we can continue to impact the life of swine professionals from around the globe with the wisdom of our great guests. 
Before you go, make sure to get in our waitlist for the Swine Talks Web Conference, the first online conference of the global swine industry, an update on hot topics, and we even gonna have some controversial topics of the global swine industry. So you can leverage that knowledge in your day today. Go to swinetalks.com and get on our waitlist. We'll talk soon.